Jesse, why does your thing say Bill Jesse? Oh, because I'm under the Blood and Bud podcasting. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, shameless plug. How you doing? Have you listened to Blood and Bud? Blood well, I mean, Bud. my first names it came from the five hundred eight. So, <laughs> yeah. All I gotta say to Jesse is, we gotta record something. <laughs> we do. Well, we have a show actually soon, but yeah, carry on. New line, send and improve. Cinema presents Bob Shane. Fraser C. Heston Phil. Now, Alex, you're a big fan of him, right? Sure. That is. Sure. I'm a big fan of Ed Harris. And Max wants you A great one. I I knew it. Bonnie Bedelia. This is another another appearance of Bonnie Bedelia in the King movie. Yes. Yeah, she was. Uh, sometimes they come back. Susan no, no, Norton in Salem's Lot. Yeah, right. Salem's Lot. But she's also in Sometimes They Come Back, the sequel. She is. Really? So she'll be back again. And again, and again. You know, it's interesting too because, like, the 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 through lines. I mean, the stories are obviously the plots are very different, but the through yeah. lines, the themes of Needful Things in Salem's Lot do go hand-in-hand hand with each other quite a bit. Yeah. Small-town evil, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like up in King's World in Maine, like one person goes to the other town, hey, can you spare some uh, cup of sugar? And it's like, we're vampires over here. What are you? It's like, oh, we're the undead over here. Don't you worry. Do you know, can you spare an arm and a leg so I can go back and feed the young ones? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting that I've always found that very interesting that the theme, the theming of these of, of these particular stories are so similar. Yeah. All right. but, but you know, King does interweave you know his stories you know at certain points and oh, I'm, but in the literary terms, I mean, you know, you would know them on, you know, I mean. This further back when he was kind of like going through his coke fuel stuff, was he integrating stuff we're at all? Really, we're really getting further and further away from maximum overdrive cocaine. cocaine. Yeah, we're we're well, we're I, getting away from the Scarface full of cocaine. We're we're into yeah. a, a bit more of a focused and uh, concise king. Like we're getting like I, there, there's a really like cool period. That happened, like, post-maximum overdrive, and I'd say, like, before, like, desperation, where King got back to the kind of storytelling he started with before he got wild with the drug drug stuff. 
Like this, this Needful Things to me feels like his true last classic King story. And, and this was a sober experience for him. It sounds yeah. like when he was writing this. So yeah, because this to me feels like a move going back to his way going back to his way earlier stuff like Carrie. Salem's Lot, the early, early, early stuff, which at this point is like 20 years old, yeah. you know? Yeah. Eddie, Eddie. Mr. Ed Harris. I just can't look at Ed Harris and not think of that dance and creep show. I mean, he's fucking awesome and everything, you know? Even <laughs> even if he's not taking himself seriously, he's just, a, you know, Apollo 13, you know? I, mean, I, I love him in fucking everything. The Rock, you know, so, so much shit he's in. I mean, you pointed out, made a good point though, Billy. He is also repeat King alumni, just yeah. like Bonnie Bedelia. So that's cool. Ed Harris, and, a great freakout moment on the a panel. I always like to bring this whenever Ed Harris is brought up on the panel of the history of violence. He had a couple cocktails in him, and the person asked him what violence was, and he started punching the table. And I love when an artist is insane like that. I really appreciate that. Ben. Ben. Yes. I mean, that's like the plainest way of explaining what violence is, especially to like an idiot, you know? It's just uh, like, gra- let me show you. He'll never forget. He'll never have to ask that question again. That's what's so beautiful about it. Like, I love that. He could have gave it an answer that was just like whatever, but instead he like changed that guy's day around, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe his life. You never know. He's like, come over here and I'll show you violence. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Ed Harris, he's an intense dude. You know what I mean? Like, sure. most of his parts, the most of the things that he plays, he's a pretty intense guy. So, I've always gotten that imagination, like, that, that inclination from all of his performances. I'm like, this guy's, like, stabbed a man just to watch him bleed in, in real life. I think that's happened. Like, there's a dead body in Tulsa, Oklahoma because of Ed Harris. You know what I mean? I don't know how method he is with his acting, but I think in some roles more than others, you know, he's definitely intense. I mean, he, but I'm not sure if, if he, how method he is, at, you know, if he comes from that, if he's cut from the cloth, from that uh, actor style or whatever. But, I mean, I love how he, he exudes intensity. He it's, does. It's like, it's, it's, it's not so, uh, on the surface at, at times. You know, we talk about, me and Alex will talk about how Nick Cage has a good intensity that, you know, when he's gone, there really won't be anybody. Even like, Ray, uh, what's his name? Ray Liotta. Like the intensity Ray Liotta kind of brought to things and there's not that. Ed Harris kind is in that category of intensity for sure. I think so. Open me up. It says open, you gotta open. Wait, wait, hold on. Is this open the door or open relationship? What am I getting myself into? Relationship, Hawk. You're done. And does the open relationship mean multiple partners or something else? That's generally the consensus of what open relationships are. Yeah, Yeah. figure it out for yourself. Feel around for this one, Hawk. Just feel you're like emotionally that. intertwined with one person, but you're going to get with whoever you want. Or, like, you know, you have feelings for it. Or what I like to call the jackpot. Yes. The jackpot. I always hey, man, I think I saw this painting in, like, you know, 
somewhere else. This could be my favorite, like, slow, not really crazy Stephen King movie. You know, no, mm. it's not too, uh, I, I've always loved this theme. I think this is one of my favorite endings in a Stephen King movie of all time. I gotta give it that. Very dark. The whole movie is really fucking dark movie and uh, delivers on all calibers. It does. That was a good tracking shot. I couldn't tell if the wall was cut in half or not when um, when he was walking from one room to the next. Yeah. It's, uh, I've always loved this book. I've loved, I've loved this story. I think there's... Uh, it is... It, on the surface, it doesn't seem it, but when you think about this story, it is seriously one of the most sinister, evil, cruel stories Stephen King has ever written. Yeah. It goes to, like you said, it's very dark. It's very dark. And it's it's it goes to places that most of his stuff doesn't. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think that, that was, that's what makes this stand out so much. Yeah, it's almost like proof he doesn't censor himself with in this particular story, where he has in the past. It's a it's a different kind of brutality yeah. than what King usually deals in, which I think is what makes it so special. Yeah, it makes it its own thing. Mm. Now, one fun fact about that director is he was uh, in the, the Ten Commandments made many, many, many moons ago. He actually played Baby Moses. Mm. Is he Charlton Heston's kid? I think he might be. I think he is. Elk. Because, I mean, Heston, he was in the Ten Commandments as the baby yeah. Moses. And also he was executive producer of Ben-Hur. Really? His kid was, he was a child. How could he have been an executive producer on Ben-Hur? Uh, it looks like it was a, uh, a video uh, re- uh, reproduction. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I I noticed that W.D. Richter was attached when I noticed his name in the credits. Hmm. I'm a big fan of Buckaroo Banzai. Um, he also wrote the script for Big Trouble in Little China. And um, I noticed his name in the credits uh, being attached in here. I, he, I think he's a very good filmmaker. I love Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, yeah. that that I mean, and I mean, in a lot of ways, Big Trouble in Little China is like the spiritual successor to Buckaroo Bonsai. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, but it sounds like it was originally, but it sounds like it was originally written almost as a western. But I guess when Cameron came involved, or I don't know if before then, they were going through rewrites where they turned it into, you know, Chinatown, San Francisco. Well, it was still very much a western theme. Absolutely. Yeah, the notes, the notes of a western run all the way through Big Trouble in World China. Which is why I think they got Carpenter in the first place is because they wanted that feel because a lot of Carpenter's work has been rooted in the the style of Westerns, so yeah, it just I mean, makes sense. So all time Precinct 13 is one of the greatest stand-up movies of all time. Oh yeah, hands down. Oh, Ed Harris is trying to get it though, look at him. He's okay. always trying to get it though. Every movie he's in, he's always trying to get it. I respect it. Yeah, I ain't he, he, on him. I ain't Yeah, he has the eyes for it. That's why the hustle don't stop, man. Yeah, the mojo's too deep. Just like this dude right here. Look at this card. That's what everybody, every little boy wants a baseball card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, look at these effects! My God. 
is good shit. Black yeah, and- I mean. It's black and white footage. Holy shit. It's a Mickey Mantle. Hey, thanks, man. This is better than cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Last five long. Well, you know. I don't even know if kids these days know who the fuck Mickey Mantle is. That's true. Uh, Mickey Mouse stuck on the mantelpiece? Yep, that's exactly right. Good job. Proud of you. Now, they, ju- they just recently re-released, what, a three-hour cut or something like this or, of this film? I actually have that on order. It should be here tomorrow. Very cool. So I'll be able to give everybody feedback on that. At some point. Was, now, was that Arrow or Shout or who released that? Uh, it's actually produced by the studio, which I really? thought it's a Warner Brothers release. I thought that huh. was rather surprising. Are they rebooting the, the, they rebooting the movie? You know? I'm assuming there's something in the pipe if they're all of a sudden it dropping would, a 4K. It would of make the original. Great, it'd make a great TV show. It would make a great TV show. And Warner Brothers has, I mean, they've got a hard on for Max content right now. So I think it was a TV show with a different title. Uh, maybe Friday the 13th, the series. No, that's way before he even wrote the book. They're going to bring Ed Harris back and he's going to be like still trying to protect the kid. Spoiler alert from the ending when he's coming back for him. It's, uh, that'd be fun. Ed Harris would be all over that. He could play crazy, crazy grandpa. Great. You know why? You know why? Not much of an act for him anymore. Are you going to say it was the pool incident? What pool incident? We don't talk about it. Oh, <laughs> whenever you a pool incidents never end good. They're always bad incidents. Never a good incident. I'm sorry, kid, but you just don't have enough sense. Well, what can you do? At least it's clean. At least he just wants his soul and doesn't want to get into his pants. You know what I mean? That is the better part. Yeah. Yeah, but then when you get the soul, then you can do whatever you want. Well, that's how you think, of course, yeah. I was just saying. <laughs> we don't talk about what happens to the souls after Leland Gaunt gets them. Hey. We don't ha- want to think about it. What happened? He plays patty cake with them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the Roger Rabbit sense. Yeah. Patty cake! Patty cake! Wait. We play patty cake! Wait. Mm-hmm. Right. In the book, uh, Cocaine Fingernails, if I remember correctly. Yep, I'm seeing them. Yeah. Who would win a fight between this dude and Clarence Williams the Third from Tales from the Hood? Oh. With That's, Max. Max. I think oh, I'd go with Clarence. Oh, rest, you know, rest in peace. I'll give it to Clarence as well. Hey, Astro, let's go to the old folks' home and look at the people's nails. This shit. They would be friendly in real life, I assume. I feel like they'd have a ball just tormenting people together. They are. They're both the devil by the Oaks. Yeah, I feel like there's no fighting. They'd just be on the same team. They're the same person, actually. Just wearing a different suit. Yeah. We know how to dress. Yeah. Spoilers for people that don't know this 30-year-old movie who Leland Gone actually is. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. He's like, almost ripped that guy's ears off. Especially 32 years old. 
this actor, I forget his name, he's from Sling Blade and a whole bunch of other good shit. This dude's in a, he's he passed away too. He was an incredible fucking he was intense as a mother. This dude's really good. Very angry. Yeah. I'm angry. Yeah, you know. Ed Harris is now. I wish I was that pissed off. No, no, that's why he died early. He died young. Too much stress. Well, gotcha, man. Stress, dude. Living that character. You ever wonder? I hope I've wondered that before. Like, if an actor does a lot of really dramatic acting and they put themselves in that dark, dark, dark place, and they're getting fucking super angry, you think that has a negative effect on their overall thing, overall life? So to speak, take some, take a little time, take a little time away from them. Maybe you never know. Alex, block your ears because we don't want you thinking. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Unless people really go down the rabbit hole and they're methoding. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the, so. The pride of doing a good job maybe will the positive will outweigh the negative in their mind. Well, I mean, it's like you can almost be safe for Ledger for Dark Knight. The drugs that happened that happened later, but you know when yeah. he, that role i mean he was he really that he, look, he isolated himself, he really you know did a lot of stuff to try to get psychologically emotional and just fuck with himself to get into that role he was brilliant with it there's no denying yeah, that was, i think I think some part. actors I think some actors can be a little too intense depending what? on the role. Where I think some roles can definitely take a few years off of your life. Ooh, people I mean, play, people blame the Dark Knight on it, on him going really deep into it. But around no, the time he, no. the time yeah. he died, he did a movie called Candy, which where he played a heroin addict. And I think that if you're going to blame any movie, if he was the actor that would go into the go into character in real life like that, then that Candy movie would probably be the movie you'd want to blame. Was he filming Candy while he also did Dr. Panassas, the Imaginarium of Dr. Panassas? Uh, I, I know he died during that filming, too. Yeah, he did die during the filming. And of they had to take, like, Johnny Depp, Jude Law, and Colin something no, to fill in no. his roles. Yeah. I've never watched that. I wonder, though, because it's so weird. It's such a good fucking movie. I like Please the watch it. I like the drink. I think that was Terry Gilliam. Who had yeah. Fucking awesome. yeah. It is a Terry Gilliam movie. It's cool. It's very visual. That's for sure. But I think it's like also the psychology like of it because like if you keep saying negative things about yourself, you're gonna eventually feel negative. So when you're method acting, if you're really putting it to heart, you're putting it on your body. You're putting it on your like you're giving yourself that stress. Yeah. So it's like a psychology game that you have to play with acting as well. You gotta know how to turn it off, I guess. Yeah. Oh, you got you got the the rustic uh, townsfolk the. uh, yeah, uh, troublemakers. Uh, yeah, uh, the Stephen uh, King uh, staple. Alex, Plan- yeah. change the subject. Flannel and denim. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, this is such a great fucking Canadian the, tuxedos all over the place. This all is, over the place. This is one of the biggest of the Stephen King books, if I remember from. I collect. I didn't read them, but I collected all the books, and I remember this being a hefty book. I believe it was a girthy um, book. It was. Girth- it was girthy. Oh, it, it was, was very girthy, a Jesse. Book. Like fifteen hundred pages, Garthy. Holy yeah. shit, that's like five jorts. It's Leave it. several jorts. Yes. Several jorts. It is a cluster of jorts. It might be five, potentially four, almost six. It's somewhere in that range. I don't think you're wrong. 
What's up with her accent? Like, where is she supposed to be from? Maine. Oh. That was their attempt at a Maine accent. accent. Yeah. Hey, there, there's only one person who nailed the Maine accent, and that is... Uh, Fred uh, Gwynn, Pets, of course. Fred Gwynn, Pet Cemetery. You could give someone a fucking concussion with the stands. Yep. Which I have in my hands right here. Let me Go see the girth of it. Go from the side. Oh, that's girthy. That's like the size that of... That is girthy. Yeah. I you, you know, you know Billy always brings out the, his book of the stand whenever he wants to show people his girth. Shut the fuck up, dog. Hair bigger. Yeah. Hair bigger. Than needful things. It's like 300 pages more than needful things. Yeah, yeah. This actress, I forget her name at this moment. Amanda Plummer. There it is. She's always great. Everything she does. She so I married an ex murderer. Still one of my favorite that's, roles. That's, that's where you were from. That's the Pulp role fiction, that popped baby. in my head. Yeah, that was the one. Great Pulp movie. Fiction. I like that. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Oh, she was great in that with Tim Roth. She was with Tim great. Roth. The whole monologue yeah. at the very beginning of the movie. She was the the the, yeah, the, the bunny bunny. fucking coffee shop. She will execute every last motherfucker while they are. Q Dick Dale. Yeah, that yeah, definitely. Those two flicks are it for her. And no, she's fantastic. She's fantastic. She is a. I think Amanda Plummer is a really interesting example of a female character actor because you don't see sure. a lot of female character actors. It's mostly men. And she is. I. I. You, you look in her I eyes like her. when she's acting. You look in her eyes and you believe everything she's saying. Like yeah. she's so good. She plays it so sincerely. Like regular, like she's just a regular thing, you know. You know what I mean. Kind of reminds me slightly of like um, D. Williams, how she can just get so invested in a character and really just pull every single nuance. Of I can back that. Her, her, yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, and the funny thing is how you mentioned like female character actors in the '90s. I think Joan Cusack was in that mold. Yeah. For sure. No, she, Joan Cusack, I, I think she, her... She definitely went on to bigger things, and, you know, I, Shane, she's phenomenal. She's probably the most successful example in, in a lot of ways, especially, I mean, um, her work in Toys. Oh, I love that. It was movie. insane. It was, it was incredible, especially opposite Robin fucking Williams, which yeah. is like a tall-ass order. No, she she killed it. But the fact that like neither Joan Cusack nor Amanda Plummer have Oscars of any kind is like a fucking travesty. Yeah, it's sad. I think there are big all people when it comes to the theater. I would not be surprised if these people have had like nominations for their theater work, if not awards. I'm sure. I mean, that guy that's on the screen right now has had enough to fucking fill five shelves, but uh-huh. you know, it's just because that guy, Max von Sydow. I'm going to put my hand gently on your shoulder. Hand looks so bring big. You, Interestingly, I'll bring you into me. Interestingly enough, Cedow, after he did The Exorcist, um, that makeup was so fucking brilliant on him to make him look older. He didn't get a lot of work for years because a lot of people saw past his performance and they're like, oh my God, he's gotten so old. Yeah. It's like, uh-uh. But he went through a patch where he wasn't working because a lot of people thought, like, man, he got old. And it's like, no, that's fucking Dick Smith's brilliance right there. And then when he came back, he started not doing anything as heavy as, say, The Exorcist. But he's he, he's had a long career, you know, uh, longevity. 
Yeah. And he's always brought something special to every single role that he's done. I mean, he did it from what, the 50s? Yeah. I mean, he's he's been acting the fair majority of his life. Well, I don't think he's acting anymore. No, he's passed away. He okay. passed away maybe about 10 years ago, maybe, a little less. Um, but uh, less than that, less than that, because he did uh, he did Force Awakens. That was like the last thing he did. He did the, You're the right. episode seven, Star Wars. Yeah, I don't think it was that far, that long ago. I want to say like six years ago. Okay, yeah. So maybe five. Maybe so five. That sounds about right. Yeah. Hey, 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 this to me is one of the standouts for him. I feel like he has one of the most down to earth and relatable, but also ten times more evil because of it performances of Satan ever. Yeah. Because of the way that, that, that Leland Gaunt is portrayed. It's just is yeah, he, I've always he's just stirring up shit. A lot yeah. of shit. <laughs> but that's you know what though? Like that is like in a lot of ways the smartest portrayal of Satan I've ever heard because yeah. it, I'm, you think about most of like the, the bad guy versions of Satan in most things. Angel yeah. Heart, De Niro, Pacino, you know, but or anything, the devil is always portrayed as this antagonist, this bad guy. He's got a plan. He's got this. He's the bad guy. He's the one doing the bad work. Yeah. Max von Sydow and Leland Gaunt isn't doing the bad work. He's the voice on your shoulder. He's suggesting. Yeah. He's making you become the bad guy. Because some people will walk away out of the shop and be like, I'm good, thank you, and never show back up. Yeah, It's like the good and evil. Like, are you going to go with this evil or no? It's like, I con- like that. Yeah, conscience, reverse psychology, fucking with people, either free will thing. Intentionally. I feel like it's more realistic this way. It yeah. is. It's more like biblical almost. It is. Free will deal where like, you know that you're not supposed to, but He's kind of, you want it, right? I mean, if you want it, you should have it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's my guess, you know. That's it. You the know, most powerful it. thing, the most powerful thing you can really do if you think about it is to really fuck with someone's mind. And everyone's capable of it. Some people don't want to believe they have it in them and some people do it on a regular basis. But, you know, the devil, you know, Lucifer, Yazabab, whatever the, how you want to call him. They're all these great ancients of chaos, you know, to a degree, where they just want to create madness. They want to create, you know, um, uncertainty, just manipulation, and they and they just get enjoyment out of it. Sure. And you know, the fact that you know, in Max Moncito character, how he's just so poised and you know, kind of um, well mannered, and, and and just does he's not like that, you know, evil twirling, you know, bad guy. And we've seen a million of those, but to just really the subtleties, manipulation, fucking with people's intentions, pitting people against each other, you know, it's just like, I'm just here to sit back and watch the show, guys. It's like, that's that's what makes this so 
sinister and cruel to me is because you don't really have your traditional antagonist. You have somebody that whispers in your ears and the town becomes the bad guy. Yeah. And the good guys and the heroes and the villains all come up from this town of characters and people rather than just have that singular Mr. Barlow or Pennywise or something like that. It becomes, the evil becomes something much more subtle and much more saturated in the community. It's, it's, uh, it really is. It's a, it's a work of fucking, and it is, I feel like this story is a genuine work of fucking genius. I agree. You know, it poisons the town. The evil kind of poisons the town. Mm-hmm. For sure. Hey, I'm going to my house. What am I going to find? Fade the check. Ooh, I'm going to find some dirty shit on my clean clothes. And she looks like somebody that would kill you. And uh, if somebody puts poops on her sheets, yeah, you'd be damned. How'd you get on her face? Why'd you walk into it? She called the ship poop. She called the ship poop. Oh, she's getting angry. She's ready yeah, to somebody do something sheet. drastic. Don't put it out with your boots, man. Goddamn, the old woman. Don't tell me what to do. Better call the fire department. This one's got out of control. <laughs> now, the uh, James, did you say you read the book? Oh, yeah. Was there supposedly a return from uh, Keith Sutherland's character from Stand By Me? Yeah. Okay. Ace is it. Yeah. They didn't bring it into the movie, though, eh? No, no. It was, uh, there's a lot of subplots in, in the book that didn't make it into this. And rightfully so. Most of those subplots have a shitload to do with why it's 1500 pages long. You know what I mean? Um, they, they obviously had to shim that down a bit and make it more of a focused narrative in there. But no, Ace, Ace comes back in, in the town. For needful things, and it's it's interesting. Does he does he find something that he needs? He finds what he deserves. Oh shit! I like those. Like I used to say that. Are are, are you are you saying that he finally finds a buddy to uh, cuddle up to? Sure. (laughs) Himself. Uh. I just I don't want to spoil it. Uh, I feel like for King of Files, that may have not. Been intimidated by the book and seeing how big it was and didn't read it. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for him. Um, yeah, but it's it's satisfying. It's satisfying. <laughs> I'll put it that way. It looks like uh, they're giving a little nod back to the blue phase of uh, Stephen King. I was just yeah. about to say that. <laughs> It was like everyone's awfully blue in this little town. Well, I, you know, I think that I think the lighting on this is interesting because it's 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 not necessarily the '80s style blue because '80s blue was like single source lighting from what from a from a specific angle. So it would be like the blue of the moon coming through the window or. The blue of the moon coming through the window from down a hallway, so you get all that dark color with it. A lot of this is like heavy uplighting, 
You get yeah, a lot of neons. Yeah, this is that like early nineties, you know, yeah, kind no, of this, experimenting, you know, with colors and gels yeah, more this online. Is, this is an evolution of that style. This is the blue's much more saturated here. It's much more all encompassing. Yeah. It's all over the friggin' place. Rather than coming from like a single direction. Oh, yeah, give me the John Carpenter blue. Mm-hmm. That Letterman's jacket he can never quite acquire. He played a great drunk. I always like this actor playing this drunk. Uh, How strange that it's just there. And he's drunk enough for it not to bother, not to even click into his mind. He just thinks it's the luckiest day of his life. He goes, ooh, hey, I'm a good guy. Hey, high school my high school. Not weird that it's here. Yeah. Not weird at all. For a second, I thought that was the dad from um, Step Brothers, but it's not. <laughs> For a second, I thought it was the fa- fucking Ted's dad from Bill and Ted. But then I was. They have that look. It's very. They have that, yeah, the round, hit the roundness. For a second, I thought it was the fucking prison guard from uh, Prison who gets wrapped in the fucking thing and shoots up into Lane Smith's office. What I, I love is is the fact that he's holding a football helmet as he fits. Uh, brings him in. It's like, okay, how, how, how like, you know, on par do you have to be? I mean, come so on. He, that's why he can tell the guy while I was unloading some football equipment. Not just I have this one coat you've been wanting, but, oh, I got this helmet that you don't want, but it's related to what you want, so you won't question anything. No problem. Look at him. The good day. Definitely bringing him back to a time when he didn't want a shotgun his head off. You know what I mean? Uh, the good days. The good days. He was, he was fucking the god of his high school. He was getting all the trim he wanted. See, that sign looks like he's going to so much towns he could ever dream of. You know? Now he's, now he's just an unhappy hobo. So, so oh. did he do 10 touchdowns in the single game like Mr. L. Bundy? No. no one can touch Polkai's king. You shut up. <laughs> this guy is doing a great acting job as a pitiful man. Cool. Yeah, what's great about Max is he does so much with so little. I'm not yes. talking about the other guy, but Max is great too. Oh, he's got he's gonna fucking blood over. That smile, man. I'm telling you. That smile, it's like, mm. yeah. it's like, got him. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Seal the deal. Oh, it feels excuse, like a Vincent excuse, Price feel. Mm. Mm. Uh, excuse me, I'm General Hammond, and I'm looking for the Stargate. Do you have a Stargate in stock? <laughs> Scully's dad. Also General Hammond from Stargate, Yeah, as, as Alex pointed out. Yeah, Don Davis, I think, is his name. Yeah, he was he was a guy. He was a guy. He was he was yeah. he was in a little bit of everything. Actually, you know what's another movie he's in? He's in Con Air. He is. Yeah, yeah, he's in Con Air. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the one that Dave Chappelle falls on 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 his car. That's fantastic. Good luck. <laughs> Dave, I forgot Dave Chappelle was in Con Air. You know, <laughs> speaking to the say air. no to the devil. I want that bumper sticker. That's all I want. 
this is a this is a really interesting interaction. It's pretty funny. It's also ripped straight out of the book. This is this yeah. is uh this is a this is a very funny uh this is the first clue you get to who you and Gaunt really is. Okay. Is this interaction. Um but yeah, no, it's always it, it, this one always kind of makes me chuckle a little bit. Because that person has no idea. Yeah, no, no clue. That Literally he's... just a human preaching the word of God. Yeah. Is that a penis sculpture? And yeah, he's like. about to completely flip the the thing that makes it so great Mess- is that he flips the script on him entirely and turns him into yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Smiling face. Nothing to see here. Weird. Is that Abe Simpson? Yeah. The gauntlet. He always wanted that gauntlet. It's the best part. It's the best part. He turns the religious leaders. They're just human. Santa Claus, Michael Rooker. Hard to out. How the hard hard to outmaneuver the devil. You brought up Michael Rooker, Bill, real quick. I'll tell you, uh, you know, Ed Harris plays Sheriff Alan Pangborn in this, but that same character was in the Dark Half. But Michael Rooker played that character in the Dark Half, so it wasn't the same actor. Woo-wah. Thank God I'm here. That's right. I just wanted to make sure you know. I knew that fact. I figured you should too, Bill. It's Thank a fun you. factoid. Thank you, Maddie. You're welcome. You don't have to sell me your soul or anything. <laughs> My soul's not for sale. Good man, good man. He looks about... The the thing that's, like, again, testament to the, the makeup work in The Exorcist, yeah. Max von Sydow looks about 20 years younger Yeah. in this than he did when he was in The Exorcist, and he's 20 years older. That's pretty... Uh, you think about it. That's like that's wild. Dicky did great work. Mm-hmm. You know, rest in peace. Oh, I, mean, I forgot there was there's nothing a, creepy about an old guy suddenly just appearing out of nowhere in a very blue house. Maybe it's natural in our household. Maybe those things happen. He's blue. I forgot how much color was in this film. I didn't remember it was colorful. You know what I mean? You don't always think about color. In yeah. the immediate when you first watch a movie, but when you do what we do and we've been doing it for a while and we think about color all the time. And... I can't unsee it now. Exactly. I always notice it. Same with like special effects. I always look for like that split cut. Like it's crazy. I love it. You, you know, you, the, the thing is it, it's a double edged sword, right? Cause like we love making movies, but it also kind of ruins. It does. Like, watching movies for you. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. It's so you're, you're it's looking so hard for the, oh, I know where that came from. I know how that happened. And, you know. So hard to watch something and truly enjoy it, especially when you work in the fields like we do, where I, 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 it's hard for me to enjoy anything anymore. I don't like saying that. You got to like yeah. watch something by someone really good because if they're not really good, the little, you pick up on the little flaws. And you're going to know. You're yeah. going to know right away. Yeah. You know but I mean, I mean you know, Whatever, I mean, compare whatever, Lars von Trier to say Ted Nicolau, <laughs> where, you know, I, I mean, I go with Nicolau, but I love Lars von Trier's work, and, you know, oh, but, you know the, the good stuff, I, I need to watch the Criterion channel. 
case in point. is not that great. He's gonna. I don't agree. I was about. I was. I was waiting for somebody else to say it, but I fully he's, agree, Matt. He's well, a bit over, that kind of a yeah, he's a bit overrated. I like some of his things, but like you see one or two, you don't really go to see all of them. He, he's a bit of a one-trick pony, um, and I feel like his delivery is really uneven. I just don't get why so many people praise him. We don't, I'm not, you know, shooting. He was like a foreign filmmaker and maybe kind of one of the first to kind of do those really sad, depressing, gloomy. Like, that was his genre. Remember him and Nicholas Wining Refn had beef for a while, which was funny. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Pete, you know. I really not- do like the cinematography in this. I really do like it a lot. This is a really well-made movie. It is. All around. More proof that it's a Heston kid because this was the directorial debut of this guy. So I think. I we, mean, I we say it all the time. Hollywood's full of Nepo babies. That's it. Yeah, that's why we need to put some new blood in Hollywood. Nah, man. I feel like we're gonna have a conversation. We're this con. We're gonna come back to this conversation in like a year, and I feel like if. Nothing changes. Hollywood's going to collapse on itself. Yeah, it um, should because Hollywood's hard. only like collaborated by people who have already been in Hollywood. It's all the family members and people that know those people. Yeah, because they, they get grandfathered in or they buy their way in, and you know, mm. they don't. They just don't like newbies. You know, newbies have always kind of scared them because of change, and that's why they call it, like things are formulaic. You know, the the the, the Hollywood formula. Yeah. It's, but, you know, you look at the independence, you know, going as far back as the 60s, 70s, and, and, and they've always been able to try to, you know, plug along and try to get these distribution deals where they might be shitty and, you know, get fucked over. And, you know, some of these distributors got or filmmakers got smart enough where, you know, they were able to learn how to self-distribute or when the, the video came along, you know, just go I had a conversation a couple of days ago with a fellow colleague of ours that I'll remain name that will remain nameless for now. Um, we were talking about it, and they said something, and I had I immediately interjected, and I counterpointed it, and it kind of blew my mind that it came out of my mouth, but it made total sense. They were like, "Well, the business of making movies." is all upside down right now. And I stopped them and I went, look, you need to get the idea that Hollywood is about making movies out of your head. The only thing Hollywood cares about is making money. Yeah. They don't, they use film as the vehicle to make money. But at the end of the day, all they care about is making money. The artistry of the concept goes out the fucking window. They don't care. They want the safe bet. They want the fucking hundred million dollar profit. Guaranteed or no, it's not happening. They make content, content. They don't make movies anymore. They make no. content. No. Thank you, Billy. It makes total. That's perfect example. That's a perfect word usage. And in that moment, they don't give a fuck about the artistry. I just watched. Uh, my stepdad made me watch it actually with him. Uh, the new Marvel show or whatever, Secret Invasion. Oh yeah. What a total piece of shit. It was terrible. It was fucking terrible. All six episodes were fucking terrible. And it just like, just goes to show 
that something that started off so good and different and interesting, like the Marvel movies did, yeah. has just become like repetitive dreck. Non-stop. Yeah. yeah, what's really bad is that you got so much stuff that they can pull from and they just, you know, mess it up. You don't even follow the uh, the storylines from the comics. There isn't even a storyline anymore, man. It's no. just an excuse to introduce more characters and on top of an excuse to introduce more characters. And that's all that has become. That's what the entirety of the last, like, five years of that shit has been. The only news that came out of Hollywood that I thought was, felt any sense of promise... Is how you look at say you look you look at someone like James Gunn, who's you know come through the trauma roots, you know real DIY independent filmmaking, and seeing how he's put into a position now where he's you know co-president over at DC, and you look at what he's made in the past few years between the Guardians and his version of the Suicide Squad. I love the fact that if he's all for taking these lesser known, you know, characters and being smart about their stories, giving the right heart and stuff like that. But that's just one little thing, you know, but everything else is just these, you know, conglomerates that are just, you know, greedy and hungry. And they just, you know, they just like kind of like don't care. And the, and the filmmakers where it's like, well, I want to care, but you're saying just the, the studios are just like, Give me whatever you can give me, and we're going to basically put it on a lunchbox and market it and sell it. Those guys are so constrained by what they can and can't do. Um, working in the studio system, I don't even. I mean, like, yeah, you could say, oh, it's directed by so and so, whoever, but was it really? Is it their vision? Yeah. Not really. It's it's. No. The studio's vision. They're just on the set saying action and cut. Yeah. It's, that cor- yeah, it's that corporate so, mentality that has come into what is supposed to be considered an artistic, you know, way of doing things like making movies. But once the corporate entities get attached, it's like they don't give a shit. It's like everyone's a serial number. Everyone's expendable. And, you know, you're, let's, let's see how far they get. And if they're able to figure it out for themselves, then we'll either allow them to go up the ladder or we're just going to stop them. It's like I, sure, you get the check. Yeah. But are you fulfilled? Are you happy? Are you proud of not, yourself? Not as happy as that guy playing his little, uh, you know. Uh, horse. Oh, that guy's happy as fuck. Look at that. He's got yeah. this. Oh, my God. He's got his horses. He's got his cigar. He's taking bets with himself. He's got a needle jammed in his groin. He's happy. Yeah. <laughs> needle in the groin. Yeah, all the cool kids do that. I'm curious if anybody could think of by the end of the episode what their needful thing would be. If you were were to walk into this store, what would he have on the counter that would be sucking you right over that counter to be like, I got this. There's so many things. Oh, man. Well, you can think about it. That is a fun question. I don't know. Either. I'm going to find out, though. I'm gonna think about that. We could all be as happy as that guy right there. Doing a thing. I don't know if we could be that happy. That dude was yeah. overjoyed. He's super happy. Yeah. He's he got play- his needful thing. Yeah, he's playing with himself. <laughs> he's so happy he's jumping I mean, down that cigar. I can't lie. <laughs> when I play with myself, I'm pretty happy. 
Yeah. Woo! JT Walsh getting down. I love JT. I, he was amazing. And I mean, he, he always like, he, he's really good at playing erasers, as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> but he's done Mississippi Burning, you know, he's yeah. done, uh, you know, Great. I loved him actually in uh, Pleasantville. Um, he oh, he was in Pleasantville. Yeah, he was great in Pleasantville. Love that movie. Uh, yeah, right. he, he was one of the few. He was an actor that actually, yeah, no, in the in Memorum that they, they did acknowledge him because I remember, you know, specifically he was one of the ones who made the cut. He, Sling Blade, I think, was his like that. Yeah, he was, was probably. I mean, didn't he get a nomination for Sling Blade or something like that? I wouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, Sling Blade's a great fucking movie, no matter how you cut it. You know, I mean, a, a lot. Of, oh, uh, okay, am I the only one who feels like this is like Doctor Claw from Inspector Gadget? Yeah, you know, how, how he had the hand and he put down the, the glass. I tell yeah. him, I'll get you, Gadget. <laughs> Next time, Gadget. Yeah, I wasn't even trying to do that coin. Thanks. I was not trying to do that voice. I would have just choked on my spit and oh, died. Out. Every now and then, Bill pulls out a voice. I don't know how he does it, and that was one of them. <laughs> like your Freddy Krueger voice is a little interesting, too. I don't know how you pull that one off. That, like, without hurting your voice. When I was blind, I might have been a little bit naughty. But after they killed me, I became something much, much worse. Freddy? Fantastic. I like it. Bravo. J.T. Walsh's Dancing in the Afterlife. Next time you have to be like, and scene. And scene. Maybe the plumber kiss. I have to say, out of all the characters, I feel the most sad for her. Um, what was her needful thing? I forget. Uh, that little, uh, figurine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause some oh, yeah, good... she kept breaking it when she was a kid, right? No, like her, her, her husband or like, or somebody like kept, yeah. yeah her, her husband was abusive and to, yeah. you know, so he decided to destroy it. If I, yeah, it gets pretty, it gets a little worse for her too, if I remember correctly. Oh. Yeah. This weirdo guy. And here's this little kid like, Oh, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'm just, you know, just going to throw some apples through a window, you know? This isn't going to come back and do any real damage. Of course, she's wearing a Canadian tuxedo as well, breaking window. Fucking Canadian tuxedos, man. They're all over the place. Yeah. Amazingly, though, this movie has not one pair of George yet. That's true. Not one pair. And this is the early 90s, too, people. So we have yeah, a lot this is of, prime you know, George's era. Is what I'm saying. This would have been this would have been the time. Do you think? Yeah. Come on, Kevin Smith cameo. Oh no, wait, he was fat then. He was wearing pants. The way he's pitching, you think they had a real baseball player actually train him? Because if you throw a weird baseball, throw it weird, it would kind of ruin the scene. He had to have got a professional baseball coach and a pitching coach to show him how it's done. That's what you do when you have real money, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Guy probably gave him that fucking New York Yankees hat too. He probably worked for the Yankees. So here you go, Bucko. And when you have our money, it's uh, throw it and we hope. Yeah. And pray. only throw it once. And you can only throw it once. So be good. Do it good. Or you act like you're throwing it and then you just get the scene of you off camera, like throwing it super close so you get a short shot. You can't afford two balls. We don't want to walk after them. No, no. (laughs) Two baseballs? No, that's, that's, that's too pricey. We just need, we just have the one. <laughs> hey man, 
Nothing to see here. I'm just here in my Leatherman jacket doing the breaking and entering. Oh, wait, he wasn't, he wasn't throwing baseballs, though, was he? He was throwing an apple. Apple. Yeah, he was throwing apples. apples. Yeah, see, we can only afford one apple, too. <laughs> now we gotta eat it. We gotta eat the apple. That's, that's fucking the apple. That's catering right there. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, we're splitting this apple. We all I share this apple one bite apiece. I'm one sorry, Pooch, what the fuck? I gotta, I gotta what kind of rich fat are you working on? Everybody gets a cube. Yeah. <laughs> but we have all the Swedish fish that we can have. <laughs> nice. Oh, we have an endless supply of water and Swedish fish. That is true. Okay. One set I got fucked over so bad about 10 years ago. I was filming in New York. They were like, Billy, here, hand these things out. I said, like, what is this? It's like, you're taking orders. People like, what, for lunch? And so people just took their orders, come back. Fucked all up. Catering ended up just being nothing but fucking candy the entire 14-day shoot. And it was the most revolting People have almost rebelled after the fourth. That's why day. the actors are on strike right now. Actually, yeah, <laughs> they don't want candy. Only candy for food. We we, we I don't, don't know, man. want I to live on nerds' bodies, No, but the producers are like, you got to keep drinking these five-hour energies. Come on, guys! And I'm like, you force that shit on me, I'm going to shove that thing up your ass. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for, I believe you too. I believe that that's all you ate was candy. You're begging, can't nothing but candy and five hour energies. You're yeah, that's all. Yeah, I mean, drop on a heart attack. Jesus, all the this was, were this was one of the few non horror projects I ever did. It was a romantic comedy that takes place in New York. What year was this? 2010. Were there drugs on set? Uh, maybe. Yeah, you can tell <laughs> me, Daddy. It's okay. <laughs> Any set where there's nothing but fucking candy and five hour energies is drugs. Yeah. yeah. I drugs. Any set, I drugs. To say. any set where they're feeding people candy, the, the filmmakers are definitely on drugs. Yeah, no, I, I used to go straight up to the producer. I said, give me your joint. I'm going outside to take a hit because you and your kid are pissing me off. Here you go, sweetie. Bill. Then he takes a handful of Swedish fish and runs away. Why am I even surprised by that? Go outside. No good joint. All right, let's shoot this fucker. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, no makeup. We're just making people look sweaty. You're giving a vigorous misting? Yeah. I, I, I had a belt. I had a belt of all water bottles, you know. There you go. Heavy miss, light miss. Okay, what are you doing? You're doing bench presses. Lift up your arms, do a 360. Yeah. Get back on the table. Yep, in there. <laughs> 360. Making people look dewy, like they're like they've been working out. Been there. Dewey from in hell's in yeah. hell's kitchen. And now we're in her kitchen. Which some people consider to be Hell's Kitchen, Bill. I can look Hell's Kitchen, New York, buddy. I swear. Only, I, only I, half a block. Only half a block away from the Trauma office. The old Trauma office. They're in Queenie. Speak at 10. That dude, you know, JT, you would believe would kill this lady if he, if, if he found her. Yeah. yeah. That's why she's running like a bat out of hell. And you believe Plummer would die if JT Walsh tried to kill him. Angry, so you just get everybody to do bad things to each other, and it's a big circle of hatred, and it just boils and boils and boils. 
And of course, he comes home to find the most devastating thing that can happen to someone who loves animals. I want to see a movie where you and her are married, Hog. You married. I want to see you kissed. She's got a bunch of money, and you married her because you're a young stud that you are. <laughs> and by the end of it, it's all about how you love her for her and not her money. But she, but she, you can't change her heart, and she thinks you just love her for the money. But there's a breakthrough at the end, Alex, and then you caress and make out. And I want a 25 minute make out scene then in the movie. <laughs> yeah, minimum. Full time. Okay, lady. So you're going to be kissing this guy, Alex Hawk, for about eight be, hours today. You're going to be licking yep. eyeballs. You're going to be licking eyeballs like weirdos do and all that great. <laughs> you're going to get really in depth in the makeout sesh. Like, lick everything. This is day one, 14 days of filming this. You might even have to perform oral sex on it. That, that is Maybe by far the time. worst thing I've seen anyone do to a dog. You ever see the brown bunny? That was a little no. We're going to do that, but you're going to have to eat Plummer's ass. Some Vincent Gallo action? Artistically. 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 Yes. Artistically. Eat Art- her ass. Artistically. Artistically. Uh, eat her uh, artistically. Artistically? <laughs> Bill, behave yourself. We want to have a show next week. <laughs> I am artistic. Well, I don't. <laughs> He's just trying to get some. All right, ladies, ladies, Billy Coin, Billy Coin. Artistic. Bill, Bill, hey, listen, artistic. if you're ever looking for a guy who has a lot of girth, Billy Coin's your man. He has the biggest and thickest intestines of all. Earth is like the Earth, ladies and gentlemen. It's like this big. It's it's crazy. Oh, you should... Put put it this way. You're not going to be shitting right for a year after. You can see what he's holding against. Oh, Billy, it's a little limp. Yeah, It's a little limp, Billy. There we go. That does look great, though, Bill. I do like that. Uh Oh... The rednecks She's coming home to, to find out a lot of apples have broken her windows. And She's the rednecks a little unhappy. And she's blaming it on that girl, right? They're both, yeah. Her and JT are both shooters. Plumber's a shooter, too, so I'd be careful. There's a lot of people that would kill. There's a lot of killers in this movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, it's a, it is a Stephen King movie. Trying to tell you that anybody could be turned into a killer, perhaps. With a little bit of evil devil stuff in your life. Makes sense. Now she's in the rain, or I assume. Now it's going to be yeah. a showdown between oh, the that's two a, of them. That's a big, hefty knife. Nice. Ooh. Die, you bitch. I'm going to stabity, stab, stab, stabity, stab, stab you. Doesn't, didn't she kill her dog or something like that? No, the, uh, the drunk killed her dog, but she okay. thinks. But she killed her dog. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, look, I mean, he he did a such such a good job. I thought he, she killed the fucking dog. Um, I have sure. to say, Aww. this is by far one of the best fights between you know women with knives I've seen in a long time. I, I got to double down with Alex too because the dog getting killed is more horrendous than getting apples thrown through your window. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. She does go through that. That I do. Yeah, I feel bad. That's a, I feel bad for her character. But she did, yeah, if putting that knife fucking handle deep in her ribs must have felt good for some of that revenge. Yeah. I get back. How, uh. Feel good. Ooh. Yeah. The ripple effect. The escalation of events. Very sad. That's, that's. Yeah. It's humanity. 
Oh, the humanity. Ooh, meat cleaver. I'm going to chop you into little pieces. You don't see too many meat cleaver killings anymore. It's such a great visual. Like running Love with her emotion in her face. Like You really see She's it. She's the best, for real. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Drag out. Fucking girl. Maddie, I think we should do a meat cleaver killing. We're going to do meat cleaver. What was the Sopranos movie? Was it called Cleaver? And it was about a dead mafioso cleaving people, cutting people up with the meat cleaver or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a metal song and it's called Leave It to Cleaver. I like that. <laughs> like it. Right? Another oh, one man. too is a cobbler, Ooh. baby cobbler. I don't know something about babies. Yeah, carry on. A baby cobbler. <laughs> Very effective. Very. Oh. Whenever you see that, something like that, you fall off the roof and it goes through. I, I'm reminded of the hand that rocks the cradle. If you guys have seen that, and it has an ending where she goes out a window and lands on like a picket fence. Rebecca Demone. Hell yeah. Stamos. Ex Stamos. Very underrated. John really has, it's not a John Stamos anymore. No, it's a Rebecca D. Moon. Uh, looks like the devil is working his mojo on this babe. Babe. What he does. His mojo, baby. Well, she has hey. arthritis. She's kind of got a tough call, too, because she's got like bad arthritis, I believe, in the brain. Or, or, or yeah, the- in her hands. Yeah, she has rheumatoid arthritis, yeah. yeah. And the bracelet, like, takes away the pain. So you have that sadness to that, too, you know. People dealing with real problems and you think... Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, sometimes the needful thing is really needful. Yeah. You know? It's the rub of it. Oh, that's fucking rude. It is rude. I agree. Apologize. That's rude. That's rude. <laughs> Dirty motherfucker. Believe it. Yeah. Fuck, uh... like, I'm going to make all your pain go away. How many uh, directors have said that to young women on the casting couch? Too many. None of them. Yeah. I'm going to make the pain go away. I'm going to make yeah. it. Like, hey, you want to roll? <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm going to make the I have no idea. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, make the pain go. I was like, where? I was like, where are you going with this, Alex? What are you doing? I'm gonna make the pain go away. So that's why they're acting. No, no, the 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 rheumatoid arthritis. He's gonna make the pain go. That's away. his deal is. Yeah, that's what he's pitching. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, he's just he, he he's he's getting everyone on his his casting couch of sorts. No, no. Like, come on, you 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 want the pain to go away? Give me some love. <laughs> but she's very, yeah, she's very tragic. Definitely, I mean, the dude wanting the coat, there's nothing tragic about that except it's sad that he's such a bum loser like that. And you know what I mean? And the dude... Looking into the past the, glory. The dude wanting the toys, like all... Have, the majority of us here, I assume, that would, would love to have toys from our childhood, you know what I mean? Uh, on, on display somewhere we can play with. And, uh, but the, you know, the girl with her dog, who's her dog... You have this lady right here with the pain. The, the the girls are definitely getting the brunt of the fucking misery. No pun intended. On uh 
And this. Oh, okay. Please. Going, Please. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, who? Oh, damn. Oh, damn. damn. I think oh, hey, you just devil. gave her the big O. I figured there was a little bit of that involved. Yep. That was a plan. Give her the sexy time. He just wants to put his devil penis inside of her. <laughs> Jeez, That's you, against the I law. Wonder, I wonder if the devil hours. I wonder what this big uncut has in there. How many extra? Is it three hours, James? Yeah. It, it's a lot. So I wonder, yeah, I mean, I've always been curious of, uh, if, if he went, if, if, if there'd be like a, Cause he doesn't, he, the devil really has got no need for sex, but like that right there was very sexual. So I was curious well, if we go deeper into that sexual type, uh, I mean, there's a reason they call it the TV cut because it was supposed to be like a TV miniseries, right? right? But New Line ended up realizing that they, what they had on their hands was so fucking good, right? They're like, Oh, we can't piss this away on TV. And, but you know, but what? Shit. When Bob Shea sees something that shows promise, and this was before he was back in the day. I mean, that was the truth. We've said it a couple of times with the miniseries. That's they didn't they 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 weren't trying to turn a profit with miniseries. They were just content, content, content. They didn't give a fuck. Yeah, but they did such a good job with this. They were like, "All right, we got to cut this down to like two hours, and it needs a theatrical release. It needs it." And I, and I do believe they made the right call in, in the long run. So I'm fascinated to see what's in there story-wise, but I wouldn't expect it to be any more explicit if no. that's what they were going for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because I do. Be- do like, yeah. Do you do like movie reviews on the 508 podcast? Because I'd love to hear your insight on it. Um, no. I don't. No. I don't feel comfortable critiquing other people's work like that. Yeah. Um, I like to dig into the deeper insight yeah. and kind of just think about the bigger picture of things rather than necessarily go, this is good, this is bad, blah, 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 blah. I have my opinion. Yeah. I have ice cream on my mustache. But I wish I had an ice cream sandwich right now. So you me know, too. Like, I saw it in my freezer and I was like, "Yeah, yeah. it was. It's it's the day for it. It's warm." For sure. But no, uh, I, I like have this urge like, to finally just you know to just run out and give myself an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> you can Uber eat yourself one. Now, this J.T. Walsh dude turns into, like, an Igor-type character pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. He's almost got the fucking hunchback going to him. They're like, I'll do whatever you need to be done, bastard. I mean, if there was anybody in this movie that was going to be in league with Satan, it was definitely him. For sure, for sure. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, you've got the holy men who are going to be going at war soon. (laughs) <laughs> no. Nobody's safe. The best yes. twist of the devil in this movie, hands down. Hmm. Yeah, well, come on. We all know that those who are uh, one with a cloth are the most easily manipulated. Hmm. 
Hey, let's just sit around here and, and we'll, we'll, we'll a bargain for her soul. I feel like Ed Helms is it even in this. Or Ed, Ed Harris, dude. Ed Helms isn't in this. That's why. Ed Harris isn't really even like, he's the star of it, but I wonder if it was one of those deals they got him in and got him out quick because like he stretched out everybody. I, there's more screen time with other actors, I feel, than him, even though I believe he took the lead role. He yeah, is the lead character, but like the other people are more important than his character, I feel. We just Mark name for Mark Well, he was violent. He, he was going to kill people if he didn't get the fucking <laughs> name on Well, him. I mean, going with what you said, this was supposed to be a made-for-TV movie. So usually uh, they, they go, they have one, you know, notable name, and <laughs> a lot of times you have a lot of, you know, great, you know, supporting actors, but no one with a big marquee name. And then, of course, you know, they decided to make it theatrical because it ended up being so, so good. Yeah, I like that shot. That was really cool, that pullback shot. It was trippy. You don't see costumes like that. What about like a Rantley, a Mountie fucking cop? You don't see that anymore. There he is. Hey, did I ever tell you that I ran a show where we followed one man? His name was Truman. <laughs> Do you want to be my Truman? Come on, Alex. Truman show's real. <laughs> my well, stab a man in Kentucky. If you ever say that to anyone else, I'll stab you too. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the military once in San Francisco and I threatened to, uh, bomb uh, the city, but apparently 007 and Nicholas Cage stopped me. Oh, no. <laughs> you should have been stopped, though. That was the thing. They did the right thing. Mm-hmm. But look at that nice gift. Everybody likes a nice gift. Absolutely. Hey. Ooh, what happened to him? Ouch. Did Most he get a mousetrap? Ow. Dingus. I heard there was a lot of those going around when the police brutality thing was a big deal a couple of years ago. There was a lot of mousetraps going around in gift bags for the police. Oh. That was a little too real. I was uncomfortable from that scene. Yeah. I was uncomfortable from that scene. We're dead. We're, and I'm a dead kid and I was uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable right now. It happens. Bill's natural. It's a natural thing. Pretty underwhelmed at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm living at the pistachios to save me right now. Would people, you know, teenagers wearing the sheriff jacket, would that ever be a big fashion thing, what do you think? No. Depends on the kid. Well, As an ex-kid myself, no. This dude, this kid, is a troubled kid. Yeah, he had a lot going on. This, very, this kid's very ahead of his time, if I remember correctly. This guy, I like the way that's kind of set up. That's a nice shot. Yeah, yeah a little bit of everything. A little bit of the, the, the color and this, even like the, those those beams are nicely placed. Fascinating use of perspective. Yeah, this poor kid, dude. He's in it. He's really going through it. Tell you the truth. Yeah. Believe well, me. I mean, when you find out that you did things that 
led to two people uh, killing each other. I mean, that's well, we're that, that, that is that is extremely tough. Kids don't don't care about other people like they used to. You know what I mean? It's so sad. Whoa! Just that visual is fucked up. Yeah, no, I feel like if, I, feel like, I remember. I feel like if needful things were were made in 2023, the kid would have been like YOLO, trying to get it on his fucking phone, watching him fight. He's like, uh-huh. oh, shit for the gram. Playing Fortnite. Pieces of shit these days. <laughs> Boom. The, the the image of a kid with a gun to his head is always an unsettling thing. What I mean, man, this 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 story goes dark, dark, dark. Yeah, and we all know they King. Think you King ain't afraid like to a kill fantasy, kids. fantasy land. Yeah, but we all know King ain't afraid to fucking kill kids either. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And that's why we love King because he knows the truth about reality. Life is short. There you go. This is very Dude, really short. Oh, you almost think that Eddie is going to save the kid. You yeah. think? And everything would be okay. And all of a sudden, Ed, Ed Harris pulls out his gun and just shoots the kid first. I don't believe in suicide. <laughs> That's a religious take, yeah. That's a Ed Harris. Religious. Boom. Forget about it. Careful. Ed Harris's mouth just going, forget about it. That should be the end of the scene. Jackie, I knew it was you. Hey, forget about it. Yeah. Uh, very tragic stuff. He, now he has to stumble out with the gun, as any police officer would do after seeing a teenager take their own life like that. Very, very well made. Almost, um, to me, it was reminiscent of uh, the sheriff taking the kite out from Silver Bullet. Kind of like the symbolization of the kid's dead, but you don't yeah. see the kid actually being dead. True. Good call. Strange, too, if you look at this, because this movie doesn't feel like it was even shot like a made-for-TV movie. It doesn't have those type of cutaways. You know, I mean, it seems like it was really a solid movie that they were actually just going for. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it was shot in the longer form for the miniseries style, and then they went back and went, oh, no, we got to make this a movie. And they went back, and that's how they cut it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because a lot of the way all those dissolves and exactly the dissolves the the, the fade to blacks, the fade to whites, because it just doesn't look like me. Yeah, Yeah, it's thirty five, but it doesn't come across. Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with that. I think it has a lot to do with the being recut with the intention of being a film. And they say we have to make it a film. We can't have this shit. We don't do this. Looks too good. Yeah. We don't we don't do this shit in movie land. So this fade the blacks and these cutaways and these commercial break shit, it's all gonna go. Yeah, I'm feeling like the TV cut's probably gonna feel a lot more like a miniseries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I said, uh, probably by next episode I'll have watched it and I'll be able to give a report. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh. Nice tender scene by Blue Light. Yeah. Well, he, he's he's the Don't mind me. I just got some blue balls. <laughs> we just seen the kid kill himself off. Yeah. That's a that's a hit, dog. 
as an actor, you should understand his pain to get into that space. I understand. But I'm here to make the jokes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the drunk, drunk is going nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we slashed his yeah. hair. Uh-oh. Oh, giving yeah. a <laughs> shotgun. Ooh. He always wanted that shotgun. What, what, what do you want me to do with that? I uh, wonder in the longer cut if there were other characters that are not showcased. Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. There's so much, there's so much extra meat added to the bones. It's a, it's a very long version. I mean, there, there, there's a ton added. A ton. So. I'm, I'm sure there's character, whole characters that got cut, side arcs, shit like that, that, that are complete, that are brought back in. Um, it'll be interesting. It's gonna be really interesting. I'm actually super, super stoked to, to watch it. Oh yeah. Boom, boom. How does it feel in your head? Feels good. Think, remember the old saying, this is my rifle, this is my gun, this is for shooting, this is for fun. That <laughs> means penis fun. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> penis fun. Charles Play 3. <laughs> How accurate. Penis fun. Penis fun. Yeah. I feel the like... The question is, how many shoots do you have oh, in your gun? Shoot, 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 shoot. And 42. Get this from. It always goes back to the horny. It always goes back to the horny. We almost got through a whole episode without the horny coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 1994 cotton candy sweet and roll. Let me see that Tootsie Roll. <laughs> there we go. Wild. I'm taking it back old school. So we got porn. Old school. And we got, I mean, Barney Bedelia's on screen, so now the horny's okay. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, Eddie's jealous. He sees I was married to John McClain. Yeah, I was married to John McClain. That's true. He's a better man, they said, someone said. Had a couple of kids, too. Wild. Eating on him. I love the second one just as much as the first one. Die Hard. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, what? Die Hard 2? I don't know. Die Hard 2, I think, is the weakest of all of them. Uh, honestly, I think my favorite is Die Hard 3. Die Hard 3. Yeah, Die Hard 1. Ah, Die Hard 3. That's tough. Die Hard, that's tough. Die Hard 1 or Die Hard 3. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but Die Hard 3 that's is tough. the best. Uh, Die Hard 3, Die Hard with a Vengeance with Jeremy Irons? That, yeah, it is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd put that in the two yeah. slot, probably. Part 3 in the two slot, one in the one slot, of course. I'm two, two was fun, but I don't think it's good. It's not as good as the third one, I feel, but it was fun. It was that Rennie Harlan directed that, right? Yeah, Rennie Harlan. So yeah, it was good. I got, I seen on the driving actually when it came out way back when. Um, hell yeah. Um, I'll have to rewatch Die Hard 2 to get a good vibe, but maybe it's better than I remember. I don't think so, but maybe it wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but. I really like the third. I like the first one a lot, of course, but I thought the third. I love the third one. Yeah, I, I thought the third one was really good. So yeah, I never saw the new one. Oh Some God, don't bother! Yeah, 
After, after Die Hard three, they're all they're all garbage. Don't bother. My opinion. Kevin Smith was in one of them. I remember. That's all. I yeah, remember. he was in the uh, the uh, fourth one. That's the only thing that stood out between like the last three or four movies they made was that Kevin Smith was in one of them. And his son. Yes, was Justin Smith. Long was in. Ooh, I, I think I like this. Yeah, movie best. Oh about. my goodness. Now it's okay to be horny, Alex. See? Yeah, yep, yep. She's yeah. a very healthy woman. Yeah. My my boob sweat is acting up over here. <laughs> oh. She's a trying to bust it open. Trying to bust Ooh, she gets zapped. Who the fuck do you think you are? Trying to Just open my trying to open my sweet sexy trinket. Wow. It's still cruising. Coming back. She's about to hit that pain zone pretty soon. Hey, with the lights. Oh, they're cramping up. Ah, no. I thought so. I feel bad for her. She's mm-hmm. got to bite her knuckles to make them not hurt as bad. When you have to bite, I fucking bite them out. <laughs> when you have to bite your skin so they make they feel better, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you know. Need a doctor. Yeah. Gonna get you some ointment. Gonna fix you right up. I hope they they don't like ruin the ending. That's such a great ending. This this guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. They could they could add something after it or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's I think it's real hard to fuck that ending up. I think I think that's as close to the vision as it possibly could have been. Yeah, you know what I mean? Fuck it up. Fuck it in. Let it begin. Uh, uh, okay, what is up with the '90s rap today, Billy? I don't know. You have I'll stop. Going. You're out of control. You have Spotify uh, playlist going. No, I've just been the '90s mix a, going. No, I've actually been listening to a lot of calypso and uh, um, Jamaican music. None of these ladies get worried that he just shows up in their house randomly, right? I feel like that's a massive red flag, but hey, you know, movie magic. <laughs> oh, I I was just walking by and 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 just uh, walk through your walls because uh, I can. Well, he knows what she. I know what you need. Right. I know that you want to be able to use your hands again, baby. This just came up in the seventh layer of hell. It's been in layaway for a few months. I think you might like it. Yeah. <laughs> to die for. Ooh. Just let me put it right here. Don't worry, I'll take care of you. Dry your eye, big moves. Dry the tear, big moves. The devil knows. The devil knows how to manipulate people. The great deceiver? Excuse me, can I motivate those wrestle uh, guys before I leave? I would cheapen it, Alex. If he started getting sexual, I'd say that's not the devil I know. What's going <laughs> I on? Feel like, I, I feel like if he had gotten sexy, sexy with her, nah. Well, to be I perfectly do. honest, the way like that he is, is dead sexy. It's so, so, you know, subtle and, you know, I'd be willing under to the cuff. 
I'd be willing to bet in the deleted scene, there's probably some like telepathic sex scene between him and her. That's probably one of the things that got cut. Yeah, he, I mean, there is home. so much sexual he's like, tension. He's like failing her up from home type deal or something. I think he'd rather fuck with her mind than fuck her. Well, it's the same deal, yeah. It's kind of like the same vibe. He's in her head, for sure. He's not there with her. Whichever way you spin it, his intentions are not pure. Yeah. There's nothing innocent about this guy, if you really think about it. There's a deleted scene when he shaves his head and mustache and takes a machine gun and kills everybody. (laughs) Calls himself Bronson. Goes rogue. The Bjork killer. Calls himself the Bjork killer. Serial killer, dude. Not serial killer. Stalker. My bad. I mean... We all know what he wanted. Bjork. Yeah, I mean, and that's part of the... The hook of the whole thing is like... Oh, young- he's going in. He's going in bad. What are you saying, James? Yeah, but that's the hook of the whole thing. Like, we all know mm-hmm. what he wanted. He didn't need to go there. Yeah. You know I, mean? uh, I think he's going there. I think he's going there very hard. Well, for her. he's. I don't think he's gathering pleasure from it, but he could be. I, the fact that he's sexual, I think, takes away from the devil thing a little bit because he would, you'd think he would have, I don't know, I don't know. I don't, like, sex wouldn't even matter to him, you know what I mean? Wait, is this her needful thing? Because when he proposed to her and, like, at work, she seemed very, like, not sure. Her needful thing's that bracelet. She had, like, a necklace, or a necklace is what it was. And when she's wearing it, her arthritis goes away. I get that, I get that, but maybe it's a twofer? It could be. Twofer! Yeah, because there's no reason why he's doing it to her, right? That's pretty much what the conversation was. Well, everybody like he doesn't need to do it. There's nothing that he can gain from it. Yeah, he takes their kind of soul. They kind of like sell their soul to him in a way for this possession. I, I believe oh, that. through his penis. Through the penis hole, yeah. It's always through the penis, just to look as, up. as one mm-hmm. does when taking souls. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna write this in my notes. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Enough, yeah. The penis hole. <laughs> We're 12 years old. Yeah. One of the only movies besides... See, that's that's the other thing that kind of, like, is interesting about this, because in a way, this is sort of a sequel to the, to the body, to Stand By Me. Yeah. Because it takes place in Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a little fascinating too when you think about it. A lot of shit happens in Castle Rock from the sound of it. Worse. It's not it's not as many not as many of King's stories take place in Castle Rock as you would think they do. That makes sense. And they don't really kinda chop the town into a character in some sense, you know, since there's a little bit of repetition going on. There's lots of mentions of Castle Rock. There's a what, yeah. actual setting? Hmm. Only 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 a handful. As far as the devil, I mean, I know the devil's in, in, in the stand as well, but and there's a lot of evil in the King movies. But how often does like the devil himself come into the books? The thing that's well, interesting. Oh, sorry, Billy. Go ahead. I think it was Hawk. Oh, okay. No, it was me. I, I was oh, sorry, going I was... to say, now, in Storm of the Century, 
Isn't that that also the devil? It could be. Andre Linoge? Yeah. It doesn't flat out say it, but heavily inferred. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, uh, Stephen King, uh, whether it's, it's uh, I mean, he has so many variations of the devil, whether it's, you know. Not as many as you think. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's evil, and then there's the devil. The entity of the devil. Like the, you know, I mean, demons, okay. yeah, but not the devil. Yeah, try, to, yeah. try to go down the rabbit hole with me on this one. Okay. What if I told you that Randall Flagg, Leland Gaunt, Andre Linoge are all the same guy? Okay. I'm with you. Um, In the Dark Tower, the man in black, who yeah. is Randall Flagg, is pursued by the gunslinger, Roland. And... It, unless you don't know that much about the Dark Tower, I'll I'll just spoil it now. But it, it connects everything, all of Stephen King's fiction, all of it's mentioned at one point or another. Characters from King stories show up in the Dark Tower. Father Callahan from Salem's Lot, as an example, um, and throughout the seven books, you begin to realize through inference mentions and everything that Leland Gaunt, Randall Flagg, all of his depictions of the devil are actually different forms of the man in black. Hmm. Of this evil entity that he has marked as the big bad throughout the whole thing. And um, so like there's no wrong answer there. It's like, yeah, you know, was Andre Linoge particularly tagged? No, but Odds are, given the the overarching fiction throughout the Dark Tower and everything else, that Andre Linoge is the same character. And amongst most King files, it is accepted that Andre Linoge is just the Man in Black, another form of the Man in Black. Man, he's he's like yelling at him so close, he's practically kissing him. Passionate, angry, yeah. What trying to get? Hmm? What's the smooching talk that Hawk is talking about? Uh, the uh, the yeah. uh, the, uh, the guy he just got knocked down yeah. when he attacked the uh, deputy. He was like yelling at him, and his face was like practically like right ne- like right on the deputy's face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's called intensity. <sighs> hey, I can get intense without giving you smooches at the same time. I'm just saying. I hate to think that. I hate to think that was real. Intense smooching. Smooching. E true Hollywood story. Alex Hawk. I believe it. Now you're going to hang around for a little bit while I whip this out. Hey. Mm Uh oh. He is going to whip it out. Oh, yeah. Getting down. Uh oh. It's detachable. That's nice. Yeah. And it has how many loads in this one? Six or eight? Yeah, six. 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 I got six little loads for you, buddy boy. Oh my god, that's nasty. 
Uh, nasty business. Ooh, oh. kicking the balls. Yeah. Ooh. That's G. He's a guy. See, I always find it funny uh, when you have, like, a guy tied up and the other guy has a gun and he's stupid enough to walk close enough so the guy who's tied up can beat him up. He's too comfortable. Never man. He didn't think he'd do it. Always he didn't good. think he was ready for you, but he was. Yeah. yeah, well, if it was me, I'd be a good, you know, two arms length distance away. You say that now. In that, in the moment, you never know. You never know, brother. You never know. You never can. Hey, tell. jackpot! I got all this money. Uh uh-uh. uh. The ring. No. Jewelry. Oh, he's angry. That's what the guy said was violence to him right before that scene. And he said, this is violence. Bill, how you doing? I see Billy in the light. You always get fresh flowers, Bill. I like that. I support that. What? You always got, like, fresh flowers behind you, which is nice. That's not even a joke. That's not even a joke. Very festive. Well, I need to spray paint them black. Some of them are. Hey, like, come on. Let's have some fun in the garage together. Ayo. Ayo. Yeah, he st- he he really steals the show at this point. I like Max Vaughn a lot, but I I think once this dude goes into crazy mode, he's the he's the most entertaining part of the film. I fully agree. He's scary. There's the the intensity to him is like, yeah, dude. Like is so you don't want to you know he could hit you, he could kill you. He's unstable. That's yeah. still. I think that ultimately that's what makes it so interesting is the unpredictability that yeah. he portrays. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those crazy eyes he's got. They are crazy. Absolutely. Wife, right? <laughs> I hope so. I, that's it. I believe he doesn't. He kill her after he gets himself out of it. Yeah, <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, so that's kind of hard times too. So she helps you get out, and then you kill her. It's like you when, help me get free. It's like when Stan, now I'm going to repay you. It's like when the Stan killed and it when the, the Stan character killed himself after the wife brought him the fucking beer. I still can't. Yeah. Get, I still can't get over that. That's fucked up. Damn it, Stanley, you're a, you're a son of a bitch. Selfish motherfucker, dude. Selfish. Really? He couldn't face it. He couldn't face his childhood. Everybody was going to face him together. He was a real, yeah. Yeah, he was a real weak motherfucker. That was the case. Yeah, man. Everybody was going to, everybody was going to face Pennywise as a team and he bitched out. That's right. This well, guy is the exact opposite of that. He'd be going, he'd be running into the sewers for Pennywise. Yelling. I feel like he would specifically dress up like a ninja just to go do that. He would be like, uh, what's his yelling, name? Yelling down the sewers, get out here, you pancake bitch, makeup, yeah, wearing nose, big nose, big red nose, smelling 
sounds exactly Carter. correct. That's that's. I feel like that's very accurate. Yeah. And like he just looks like fucking tapped at this point. Like he's bleeding out of the mouth. Like he just doesn't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I ain't got time to bleed. Except for this part. This is the only part he shows like any real remorse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause he just like fucking iced his wife. I always took that as, um, part of the torture of it. Where after, like, he kind of was possessed when he killed the wife and now he's kind of, it's like, Coming to. come to the momentum's gone and now he's being tortured by the reality of what he just did because even though he's being used but as a tool for the devil, I mean, the devil's still fucking with his head type stuff. Oh, absolutely. I think that's fantastic. Jesse, you look like the little angel down there. Angel. <laughs> it's gotten darker in these parts. It has. Yeah. The guy's going top in with a shotgun. Coming down like right on top of your head. Like... Yeah. I am heavenly. Very angelic. And it's we are going to the most <laughs> angelic place in the town. A well, we both guys. know that's a lie, but, you know. <laughs> Maddie, good news. Completely off track. The ultra slime came in, so we're ready to do the makeups. It's a beautiful thing. Uh oh. Jesse, I'm He's just tanning bar, and then, you know, the drunk comes in to pump him full of lead. Wrong noise. Did he give it? Round. Oh, look at this dude. He's. Oh, he's my own dude. It's, it's, it's a shotgun war. It's last call for you, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> oh, this is a gun. That's what we should have told them. The fucking Steven Seagal shit right there. You call that a gun? This is a gun. They blow, They blast each other? Is that a double blaster? Double blasting. I believe it was a double blasting and not the kind you find in point. No. You're saying there was no money shot? Shut up, Hawk. Nah. <laughs> He's here to be funny, Bill. Weren't you done? I'm the funny guy. I'm the funny guy. The funny guy. Funny guy. <laughs> my name's Alex Hawk. <laughs> Is it oh, dead? please, I'll do anything. I'll even blow you. Just let me blow this. I'll double blow you. <laughs> I'll double blow you up. I will even show I like how we're acting ridiculous and this guy thinks he's like an untouchable and this other guy (laughs) is now hiding. He looks like Lewis Tully from this angle. Yeah. A little bit. Are you the gatekeeper? I'm the key master. I mean, there's a definitely, yeah, they're very very, uh, similar when you think about it. That Igor type character, that Remfeld, Remfeld, whatever the fuck character, type character. Renfield. Renfeld type character, yeah. I still gotta watch that. Actually, really I just picked up that movie today. It looked, the, tra- the, tra- the trailer looked bad news, but I watched a little bit of it. It wasn't, wasn't that bad. I hear Nick Cage is fucking funny. He's in a lot more of it than I thought he was, which is good. I thought he was just in it for a little bit. So far, from what I watched, like ten, fifteen minutes of it, and he was in like a chunk of it. But we'll see. Hey, hey, hey! Don't, don't come in. I'm, I'm, I'm using my magnifying glass to look at my diamond form. 
Length's Purple Road. Yeah, it's not. Nice. Special time. You stay out of here on the special time. There's a cross in the door. You're not supposed to come inside. <laughs> Unless the cross is up, stop, upside down, then the devil can come inside. Can uh, come inside me. Fair enough. Oh. You want to confess? I confess your Where sins, my head boy. Head. Special set of skills that he likes everybody here. He says, you know what that, that teenage boy told me before he shot himself, Father? He told me what you did to him. Bang, 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 bang. Just he told me about your history of violence. <laughs> it's all a killing pedophile ending, and it's over. Boof. He says, you're the real devil, pedophile priest. And then he fucking blows his head off. Bow! Roll credits. That's then the he, cut. Yeah, then he, then he jumps into Lawnmower Man and, you know, basically oh, goes... That's heavy. And then goes... As one does. Yeah. <laughs> basically, he says, says to Job, take me to your father. Oh, shit. I love Lawnmower Man. Oh, we know. Hell yeah. We, we know. I can't wait till we do Langoliers. Me too. Oh, oh, sweet mother. Fuck <laughs> the Langoliers. That's all I got to say. I'm going to give them a movie. Like the two people down. Oh, come on. You can't beat Bronson Pinchot. Interdimensional <laughs> meatballs, man. Interdimensional yeah. fucking meatballs. That's a dark. Does the girl that gets stabbed in the chest, does she die in that too? Or she live? Yeah. She, no, dies. she dies. That's pretty dark too. I, you know, because she's what, like, isn't she like, uh, deaf? Or black. Yeah. No, He's blind. blind. Yeah, and they kill her. Overdose kill. That's uh, overkill. I'm very much looking forward to uh, fucking um, Storm of the Century, though. Oh, oh, yeah, I, haven't, I, haven't watched, I haven't watched that in a while. I haven't watched that in eight years. It'll be a good recap. So, I love that. Yeah. Rose Red, too. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Rose Red was a, that's a good flick. I remember that being good. We might have to break that one up. That's a lengthy one. Hey, you okay after being blown up? Not the, the <laughs> blowing that you usually used to, but. Not even remotely suspicious that the church just exploded. No. In, in, in the town of, of Maine, that, that usually happens twice a week. It's all the sin. It made it made the church explode. Makes total yeah. sense to me, Jesse. Thank you. Max Fon smoking a blunt noon, just watching. The devil smoking, just giving you that, that <laughs> evil eye. Burn. Having a grand old time. Smiling. Smoking my own lettuce. The devil went down to Georgia. There it is. The devil just electrocuted that goddamn church. You I fucking love that Primus version. I just only discovered that one recently. That one's good. Yeah, Primus is good times. They still tour as Primus, or is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they still they still do things as Primus. I wouldn't mind seeing them. It's a fun, it's a fun time. I don't. I heard, I heard something recently that I thought was Primus, and it's like in all the memes right now. I'm gonna, I'll send it into the. Uh, our dead kids a dairy thing. 
Okay. Cool. Take a strap my stuff. Do, 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 do. Really? Sounds going insane. Hey. Oh, the fuck? Place is going crazy. You can tell he's a bald guy how quick he put that hat on him. Yeah, he's but, so, like, uh, he went through a period where he was really self-conscious when he was starting to go bald. It's like, I'm alive. Quick cover my bald spot. <laughs> Take off. Where's, Where's my toupee? Yeah. Where's my toupee? <laughs> It's our crazy friend. Oh. You don't see good car accidents like that in movies anymore either, really. Oh, John oh thank you. Oh. Fuck car up. accidents cost money. Ooh, we don't spend dude. money on our movies. We make it. Yeah. Oh. There we go. The sound of reason. For a little bit. Gotta go feed Babe Ryan now. Let me go. Is that the dude? No, but no. He, looks, <laughs> he looked like him. Looks a lot him. like him. Yeah, it looked like yeah. him. James yeah. Cromwell. Yeah. Yeah, there's no James Cromwell. That's funny. I gotta go feed my farm. Boom. Now everyone's just beating up on everyone else. That's how it happens. Party. That's how it is. Pandemonium. Dogs and cats. Living together. Living together. Mass hysteria. Yes. Oh, Ed Harris now has his That's his boom shot. That was his arrow shot. Dude, That's... whenever you cock a shotgun with one hand while walking. That's badass right there. Hero, dude. You're the hero for the day. Can't... That's the guy that means the business. Yeah. He's about to give somebody the business. With that gun, too. Oh, it... Yeah. Ah, that was cool. Came close. And there's one building left. Doesn't he tell the priest like how the, the the religions failed and he has to go fight the devil because God couldn't or something like that? I thought there was some weird exchange with the holy man that he had. Like when he was leaving, yeah, he says something. Like when they were arguing outside of the church, I think he might have said something. I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> Monster Squad. Yeah. They got a lot of people in that town now. A lot going on. Bang. Maybe Balky. Hey, man, don't you know everything's gone nuts? Yeah. I wonder where they shot. Shit. Is it California deal? I don't know. This looks very mamey. Yeah, this looks like it could be the deal. The real even if it is, even if it is a California male thing, main thing, it it looks like Maine. Like it, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, be Wilmington, North Carolina, for all we know, until the end credits. Well, if it's East Coast, wherever it is, if it's East Coast, it's going to look a little more like Maine than it would for California. Yeah. No, that ground looks like peat. Those trees look like New England trees. Yeah, the yeah. peat moss. Yeah. Uh, the That's priests cool. are going That's head to right. head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting wild. Your, your pacifist yeah. uh, notions now. 
That's how we do it. What are you Come on, doing? Give it to him. Give it to him. Oh. Come on. He's like, I can yeah. Do it. Hey, you're going. messing up with my phone. I wanted more people to die. Yeah. I, lo- I love it because now he's just out and out. There's no subtlety left in him. He's just <laughs> out just fucking goading people. Yeah. You damn motherfuckers. Don't you know this motherfucker's the devil? <laughs> Sons of bitches. That's, that's a Samuel Jackson played this part. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All of a sudden, we do we, we make devil. up needful things. Fucking up, yeah, son, motherfucking like, This is a motherfucking devil. How can you not a know damn motherfucker. this is a motherfucking devil? Pull your heads out of your fucking asses. Can't you see it's the motherfucking devil right in the, in yeah. the fuck front? I know, they can't see. That's, that's, yeah, that's the rub of it. I've had it with these motherfucking devils in this motherfucking town. <laughs> Come on, let's come together. Can't we just defeat this one old guy? If you can't, you're in trouble. Everyone's standing around like, like uh, you know, deer's caught in the headlights. Oh, uh, I don't know what. I didn't do anything. Even like Mendocino, California can look like Maine. There's only a handful of Spots I can think of on the West Coast that really have an East Coast flair. You look and say it looks something like the Howling. Could be, you know, almost New England. Almost. 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 But yeah, not exactly. It's distinct, but the Howling's like distinctly. Or, or like the, the Fog. The Fog was, you know. The Fog was interchangeable. Like San Antonio Bay could have been California. It could have been yeah. Massachusetts. Like, it was really close. Yeah. I give you that. Yeah, Ed Harris giving it all right now. Everyone's mesmerized. That would have been a fun day to be on set. Just have him losing his fucking shit. I wonder if he had to go to the go to the his, uh, trailer and maybe have some cocktails and work up the nerve, and then come back out and do that all. While he had a couple of in him, he had a couple in him for that monologue for sure. <laughs> Killed from a time where it's all right to have a couple cocktails in you if you don't fight the director. Okay. The only thing I know about Ed Harris off the top of my head is how on Night Riders he was trying to quit smoking cigarettes, and it's one of the hardest things for him. So many people on that crew were fucking smoking. I'm sure. And of course, you have Romero there. Yep. I bet you can do it. <laughs> George A, rest in peace. Everyone fessing up what they did. Hey. What they did for. Honesty killed the monster. Honesty killed the monster. Debbie. Hey, man, I was going to give you my Stargate, too. What's up <laughs> with that? Craving a pizza. I wore my finest hat for this occasion, and you all disowned me. Oh, come I'm on, guys. most luxurious fedora. 
I was just having some fun. Oh, Ooh, he got shot. Oh, Yakasha. What happens to the leaders? So much for that. Uh, here's Fox my little Renfield toy. He's a bomb. Yeah. These are road flares. Yeah. Very, this character, he doesn't start there, but I get very trash can man vibes from him by the end of this movie. Yeah. Civil servant. Fucking madman. <laughs> Come on, just flick the switch. I'll take us all out. Fucking do it. Yes, I grew up under power lines. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I feel like this is—I feel like this is actually a very interesting pro- approach that I should apply to my directing. I will blow <laughs> us all up this fucking instant if you do not get this take right. <laughs> yeah. All right, JT, we only get one shot at this. What? Go on, go give the devil a hug. Come on. You know it's right. You just killed your goddamn wife for no reason, dude. Well, that's yeah, what he's having the break. He's, and then he's seeing that he did it all for this dude who's like, oh, he's turning back into an infant now, too. He's going back when his parents used to yell at him. Beat him yeah, up. Crawl right back up inside his mom. Yeah. See that? I was all saying to him, stop being such a whiny bitch. That's why you can never trust an unstable person. You gotta be careful. Even if, even if they're riding for you. They yeah, cause you're not they fully turned, dude. They always turn and blow your shit up. This is That's the right. of life right here. Yeah. The time when the little underling stands up to the big bad boss. What happens? They've created expectation. They've created expectation in their mind, I think, at this point. And uh, it goes to get them, you know? Boom! More explosions. This is what I call the most. That's what I call a real low job. Ah. Out of all the times I've seen this, this this house explosion is what I remember the most. Well, that's a huge explosion. Yeah, I mean, and th- that looks like there was about four or five cameras on that shot too. Yeah, they, they went for it, man. They, they. I mean, there's no, there's no faking that. They blew a house up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's always. Even as a kid, I remember that being like one of the biggest explosions. And it was all, it was all over the trailer. I, I remember the publicity oh, for this. You movie. spend money like that, you put it in the trailer. Oh sure. yeah. Every single TV spot, every single trailer. Oh, I mean, that explosion is just, just bur- literally burning my mind whenever I think of this fucking movie. That's it. That's the grand finale, you know, so to speak. You know, there's a little more, the best parts. Yeah. But we all know that the devil can never really die. Well, that's what's so cool about this ending, because he just kind of stumbles out untouched. And people are like, what the fuck is going on? And then it, the dialogue he has with Ed's character is fucking fantastic. 
I always found that to be one of the creepiest things anybody's ever said in a movie where he's like talking about his great grandkid and he's like, Oh, I'll be back to talk to him because like, you'll be dead at that point, but I'll be back to talk to your great grandkid. It's like, Ooh, I remember getting goosebumps being like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like when he finally, it's like the whole movie's like a poker game, right? Between the two characters. And finally, like in the very, very last frame of the last reel, the devil shows his hand. Mm. Fully. And you finally get that view of it and you're like, fuck. Yeah. Well, that's like a tale from the Bible. I guess like God and the devil were like making bets on like these people. Mm-hmm. And it kind of also reminds me of um the Dr. Parnassus movie because it's all about like God and the devil. You'll see it when you watch it. Like you'll see the two. It's awesome. Yeah. It just seems like a classic story that he like redid. It is very classic. Very, very like good. Yeah. Yeah. Using people as pawns almost goes back to like Jason and the Argonauts. You know, with, further with back than that, man. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. But I'm talking like Roman mythology, you know, just, you know, having these powerful, powerful figures basically playing with people as pawns. What is the story? Yeah. Absolutely. It's a theme that. I feel like it's been there as long as human storytelling has existed. Yes. It is. I was going to look up real quick. Whatever he says to him, he was like, it was something about like the kid's name. He's like, your great grandkid's name's like James is going to be James. I'm going to, I'm going to come back in like, and he said some date and he's like, it it was like it, it's gonna be a sunny day and we're gonna make headlines or something like that. Like it's gonna be a big tragedy type deal. That was fucking the most gangster, the, the most gangster fucking line in all the Stephen King movies. Maybe quite yeah. possibly right up there with the other ones. And I'm not doing any justice to the line, so definitely watch it if you haven't seen it because that line, that line's fire. That line, you, the whole movie's worth that one little piece of like dialogue at the end of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like creepy. It put, it's like right. It's like you don't expect it to kind of hit you in a way that it hits you. It's very personal for everybody, I think, to do it because it's like it's letting him know he's like you're gonna be dead, but I'm never dying, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna destroy your family. Like I'm gonna do the worst things possible to your family. Why you can't do anything about it, which is probably the most horrendous thing you could do to somebody, bro. You know, yeah. yeah. And the fact that you know, you know that that there is no end to him. He will always be coming back, and you can try your best to, you know, warn or, or, or train people to, you know, fight against him, but. uh uh, the t- truth is, the devil is always there, and the devil never dies. Right. Evil never dies. Evil never dies. Never does. You know what I mean? So, did, did anybody have any uh, ideas what their needful thing would be? A childhood, I guess it would be probably like a toy or something. I couldn't really put my finger on what it would be either. Uh, they re- they did the retro Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtle figures, so I can't really put them on there anymore, you know? <laughs> but, it's kind of hard for me to, like, think. I lost everything when I was a kid, so, like, I never really had a chance to hold on to anything that I, like, really liked. 
That's very sad to hear that. That's what it, those items, though, if you could remember what those items were, those would oh, be. Oh, I have like these figurines. I have like little Sailor Moon like things. They're those all are, collectibles. Those are your needful things. That's what your needful things would be, I think. But I wouldn't want them back. Oh, you wouldn't? No. All right, fair I enough. I came to terms with losing everything that I was like, I thought I needed when I was like a kid, you know? Yeah. So now it's just like, give me money and I can pay off my bills and I'll be happy. That's very El Topo-like. I like that. I guess. I would like okay. to have, uh, did anybody remember the Pro- Ghostbuster Proton Pack? I do. Oh, yeah. I would like to have that, actually. Maybe that could be my needful thing. They never re-released that. They released, I got I got some of the figures and toys and I got the, the fucking popper gun thing they uh, re-released. But I would have loved... I would have loved the fucking proton pack deal with like the Billy. You'll like this pool noodle. The fucking the the, the electro thing was like a pool noodle type. Yeah, if I remember correctly. But anybody, anybody think of anything from their childhood they'd like to get back or a first car or for you know? Oh hell no! My first car was a nightmare. Yeah, I, feel- I would love my first car actually. I wouldn't mind getting <laughs> either. <laughs> The TMNT Technodrome. Oh, there you go. They um, we'll need well, the eye, right? Like the metal, the, yeah, the ball, the yeah. big ball. Yeah. They did the, they did the. I don't know if they redid the van. I know they redid the balloon. The air balloon got redone recently. It's like fifty bucks on Amazon if you want it. They bring it down to forty every now and then if you keep your eye peeled. But yeah, I can't think of anything. James, can you think of anything? You know, I, I've been trying to like cycle it through and I, I've I've actually made it kind of a mission to like recollect all of the cool things I had when I was a kid. Yeah. And um I'm pretty close to done, dude. There's not like a whole lot yeah. out there that would be like However, okay. Yeah. I think of one thing. And it's only because I genuinely cannot afford it. So I would be okay with doing something small and probably terrible to get my hands on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Original die cast Optimus Prime. Word. Not the pl- cheap plastic ones they came out with in second generation. I mean, when Transformers first came out, they were die cast metal. They were fucking badass. Yeah. And they were awesome, and they did not break for anything. How tall were they? Huh? How tall were they? Huge. Dude, that's what I thought. So Optimus, when he was transformed, stood like nine inches. He was a beast. And he had the whole command center trailer, right? And um, I had it when I was a kid. I still have a shitload of them. Yeah. Like the old diecast ones. I still have them. Um... But somewhere in the shuffle, I lost Optimus. They made a reissue. It's it's the same, but it's not the same. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, to get my hands on one that's you know from the era, I don't have fifteen grand to throw at that. So I'm with you. I'd like that a- would, might that might if I saw that sitting on a shelf. That might that might perhaps stir my interest to make a deal with Satan. 
<laughs> in the early 2000s, they had an action figure line for the Warriors that was really cool that I, I never jumped on, but I always wish I did. And I would love I to. I never get... even knew that was a thing. Oh, awesome. They were glorious. They were great. They were bigger than your regular, like six inch. They were maybe eight or maybe even bigger. They were like, they were very cool. They were, and, and they, they popped in and they popped out. It was like a seasonal thing and I never seen them again. They're super expensive now if you go to buy one online. But those were I, I would, those would be cool to get. There were some cool Reservoir Dog figures released around that time too, like box set deal that would have been funky. Yeah, mine would probably be toys or maybe like records that you can't get anymore or something. Well, I tried to think of that too. Like, does like, I mean, maybe like some original cut soundtracks. Yeah, like a Friday the Thirteenth or right. maybe a an original cut of Halloween. Um, cause I'm a really big fan of that score. Yeah. But, uh, I think that might be it. I mean. Yeah, like you could have, a, it could be like go stumbling into not just one thing, but like you, you go in, your needful thing is he just got a haul of a, a huge horror collector's pristine mint, everything original release sound, you know, all those horror original, you know, original first pressings, you know what I mean? And then you got to sell your soul for it. I would, you know, I, I said to someone I worked with a few years ago, it's one of those like 24 inch pumpkin head uh, stash, statues. I think it was NECA. And I think they put it out like in the late nineties, early two thousands, early two thousands. <laughs> now that being said, James, did you see the new pumpkin head that they unveiled at the San Diego comic con? They're making new figures. Uh huh. Is I didn't realize but it's the same fucking people that are doing the uh, the ghoulie figures. So we're pretty excited about some ghoulie. If I knew they were ever going to make ghoulie two figures, fucking I cannot. I cannot nail down what company is making them though. I don't know if it's <laughs> Trick or Treat, Mezco, or Neca. Like no, they're a new company. I want to say, I want to say they're called like Syndicate Collectibles. It's one of the co-founders of Soda Toys. Okay. Um. So there are there are roots there with soda, but it sounds like the that shit's not coming out till like twenty twenty four. I guess it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, whatever. That, cool that, that's what I saw. It was like early twenty twenty four. Yeah, for the for them to start rolling that stuff out. I didn't realize it was a new company though. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was either because I was you know, whatever me ghoulies. I whatever I was doing as much digging around as I could and. This company is brand new, but one of the co-founders is uh, from Soda Toys, and these guys are brand spanking new. Wow. I want to say, like, syndicated collectibles or something. They're like, you know. Syndicated collectibles. All right. All right. You have to look into that more. I saw that, and it looks incredible. It looks, they look really well made. Yeah, because Alex, as Matty was saying. Well, say, so Alice, did you have a, did you have an item? Did you have a needful thing? Well, I mean, the thing is that there's a lot of things that I would like. Um, I I probably, if I was to pick something, it would be either a like um, something from like. Uh, like a lobby card of like the original Africa Stella meets Frankenstein, like from the actual era. Yeah. Like, you know, 
I mean, that, that would be something like that. Or, yeah. I would say that would be uh, definitely something I would love. Or a uh, autographed copy of One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest by Ken Casey. Yeah. That'd be cool. Touche. But, yeah, I mean, but it's also one of those things, while I would love those things, don't get me wrong, I still can't see me selling my soul for one of them. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a heavy deal, guys. That's a heavy deal. Because I mean, I mean, I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of things I, 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 I go, I'll, I'll go to like a, a toy store and all that. I see things that I would love, but I've always been like, yeah, but I mean, what, what is it going to add to my life? I mean, it's it'd be nice to have it, but I mean, it's not going to. It's improve a, my life if I have it or don't have it. It's a need for uh, you don't you don't have to sell your soul, but it's something that would be on the and it's, yeah. it's a needful thing. You guys remember the police academy action figures of the nineties? Yeah. 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 Alex has a few. I would love the whole set of those unopened. That could be in my needful things pile. Yeah, but unfortunately all of my toys are opened and well used. Not with all the parts. Imagine, like, if you could go into, like, imagine if your needful thing was, like, there's a lot of us, like, toys. It was, like, you'd step into, like, a 1986 toy store and just do a shopping spree or something like that. Oh, man. What's our spending limit? Spending limit? There ain't no spending. We give you, you got 10 minutes. We'll give you you half hour. We'll be be kind. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much anything you want, you walk through the aisle and you point to something, you just you could have it. Damn. You remember that Nickelodeon show that we're it, shopping spree one where they like run through all the grocery stores and other stores and you have it like half an hour to grab whatever you want or ten minutes? Yeah. Five minutes? I mean, it, there was this weird when you got to the end of it, there was like this um it was maybe like a, it was like a circle, maybe like a twenty foot circle. And like what you did is they gave you time and you ran around and tagged things you wanted. Yeah. He gave you like, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot the name of that show for like the longest time. That'd be- yeah, there's other variations of that show too on different channels. And Dead it's Kid Land. Pandemonium. Every street has that in Dead Kid Land. Where we go. <laughs> <laughs> Every playground has one. Well, so. As we as we wrap up, you know, needful things. What's our overall opinion of needful things? Who wants to see? It, it's 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 a great great film. It's definitely one of the best uh, adaptations of a Stephen King works. It's definitely uh, it's well put together. And what I think makes this one better than some of the others is the fact that they they. They went the, the, what I say is the TV movie route in casting. They had one notable name, which is Ed Harris, but they filled the entire cast with, you know, notable character actors that you've seen in TV and other things. Yeah. So, and, and it's always great when they do that because with those character actors, they feel more real. I mean, I mean, I love Ed Harris, and he did a great job, and same thing with Max von Sydow, but they're kind of bigger than life, okay? 
I mean, you're watching them. You can't really... I, I, at least I can't. I can't see myself as an Ed Harris character or a Max von Sydow character. But I can see myself as everyone else in that town. And I think that's you important. You don't see yourself as the devil. That's no. nice, dude. Yeah. No. Okay. Not, 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 only, only, only <laughs> when I really have bad thoughts. And so you, if you're the devil, if you're seeing yourself as the devil, you need to talk to somebody, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think but I mean, getting to the point I'm trying to reach is the fact <laughs> that that helps with watching it and actually feeling yourself in that place mm-hmm. and seeing how people can be so easily manipulated. You mm-hmm. know, say, hey, you can get this thing, but all you have to do is, you know, you you, you pull a prank. It, it, it's nothing big. Just, you know, throw some, you know, apples through a window. No one's going to get hurt. You're not hurting anybody. Right. But then Part of a bigger leads, picture. Yeah, and, and, and that bigger picture thing is what is great about this film. It shows that every deed you make, no matter how small it is, can lead to something worse. Okay, and that part of the story is what I think most people should take away from this film, and that is the most important uh, aspect: is the fact that evil doesn't isn't always a grand big "ooh, I'm going to kill a lot of people, I'm going to you know take over the world," but evil it can be as easy as "oh, I'm going to throw shit on someone's laundry because I don't like them or I was told to." Right. And and of course as we see, that just escalated a feud that ended up costing two people their lives. And I mean that, unfortunately that is too true in our society. There's so many people that do little things that cause big consequences. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I agree. Anybody else want to add to that? Ditto. Ditto. Okay. Ditto, 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 yeah. The illustrious Billy Coyne with his in-depth review. Um, ditto. Ditto. <laughs> no, this is, this is easily not only just one of King's best adaptations, but just it, the source material itself being so good yeah. that they could pull from made it even better. Yeah. What it is. The, need, the Needful Things book, it's one of King's best. And they did it the best way they could in the structure that they had. Um, this for me is like a 4.5 out of 5 jorts. It's, it's fucking, it's, it's top of the heap. It's, it's, it's in the top five for, for me, um, personally. And it is just to piggyback off what Alex saying. It is 99% because the acting in the, in this film just across the fucking board. Yeah. Is so well done. All the way. I mean, and we're talking, this is a big cast. Yeah. This is a big ensemble piece. Again, it's like the, like I said in the beginning, the through line with Salem's Lot, it's about a whole town. So you got this whole big, big cast and everybody on it, even if they only have like five minutes of screen time, which is impeccably well performed and. It was very well written, and it took away the most important parts of what King was trying to say and scooped out a lot of the 
exposition and side story stuff that made probably didn't need to be there. It's as close to as good of an adaptation as you could possibly get. It's 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 fantastic. Yeah, four point five out of five, George. It's great. Unsung hero. Unsung hero. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree, definitely. Great stuff, great stuff. Jess, you want to say anything in closing? I liked it, because yeah. everyone else said other stuff. <laughs> and I agree fully, honestly. Like, it's so great. And I love that the storyline, just, like, with the devil and everything and people being shitbags. And then the voice of reason being Alan. And just, like, I like it. Yeah, four, four out of five shorts. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm definitely with that. It's not as scary as some of the other King films can get but it's definitely like just oh honestly i think this is i think this is more terrifying at a human level yeah it's realistic yeah it's not in your face scary yeah that's what makes it worse in my opinion it's like you're gonna relate to one of these characters and be like fuck yeah it's not it's not the it's not the kind of like pennywise or pet cemetery or salem's lot scary where you're you have the obvious on the surface scary it's it's the scary that haunts you like yeah. yeah, the first time you watch Needful Things or read Needful Things, and you have it all come full circle, and you get that final statement from Gaunt toward the the sheriff, and it all kind of sinks into you who he really was. Because up until then, it is it's the back and forth. You think it, you're pretty sure you know, but then he seals the deal at the very end with the with the words confirming all of your fears about what was really going on. And he's like, and I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. That shit sticks with you. You're haunted. I was haunted for sure. forever for a while with this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's the kind of fear you can't, you can simulate fear in a jump scare or a scary scenario. And you can make people feel very, very frightened in the moment. But it is a very hard thing to have people like thinking about your story a week later and have them still be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what Needful Things pulls off better than any, for almost any piece of King's work. Needful Things does the subtle punch to the stomach as opposed to the upfront punch to your face. And it's, mm, I love it. I love it so much. I think I'm going to read the book again just because we did this episode. I mean, to, to go right with what you were saying there, you know, I think it was around COVID time or right before COVID time. Like that, I either caught the end of this on TV or something or, or that, that quote popped in my head from the end. But I had to go find it. It was kind of difficult to find because um, I never owned a physical copy of it. I just watched it on TV and stuff. So, yeah, like not too long ago, I had to get pick up a DVD. I think I might have. Yeah. A VHS, but I wanted to get the DVD, and I kind of had to hunt it down a little, which was unfortunate. Yeah, I remember we, uh, when you got it, you and I watched it. Yeah, up until up until a couple of weeks ago, it was very hard to get your hands on. They just released the uh, the big cut, the the uh, the extra on Ultra HD and the Blu-ray. Um, it was okay. all, it's only been out for a little while, so how much up until then, DVD was out of print. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was hard to get. How much are they charging for the 4K and the uh, Blu-ray? You know, but it's very reasonable. The Blu-ray was twenty bucks, and the 4K was like twenty-four. That is reasonable, and it's an extra hour, right? Supposedly, yeah. 
Yeah. It's got both cuts. It's got the theatrical and the TV cut. So. Yeah. I think it would have to include the theatrical given it has never had a proper like Blu-ray or Ultra HD release ever. Yeah. The blue, there's some heavy blues in here. That looked probably really good in 4K. Sure. The Ultra. I gotta upgrade to 4K. Thank you, cool guys. Whoever, who's there 4K? James is 4K. Billy's 4K. Oh, I'm not. I thought I was. No. Billy, uh, Alex, you're not 4K. Just no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm old school. Yeah. I don't know. I have Windows 10. James is, yeah, there you go. That's, that, that works. That's the best thing. Okay. Answer. So everyone's going to James' house from now on. Is that how we do it? You know, I got a pretty dope movie setup, guys. That, that <laughs> could be a thing. Like, Good. I would love to have a party where everybody came down and we watch horror movies on my massive, Television in 4K on my PS5 with my 3D audio. I support fun. It's well, fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, ask Eric and Paul. We we have parties every once in a while where we have everybody sit around. I think the last time we did it, we did it really big. It was like a Friday the 13th, and we did like the whole marathon um, in 4K because I got the the big box set from Screen Factory. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was fucking it was a fun time. I mean, no, bringing the cupcakes. That would be cool to do a marathon. Bring the cupcakes. Bring the franchise. It doesn't have to be Friday the 13th. I got everything here, man. Yeah. Like, I just counted the other day because I'm ridiculous. I, I have, like, north of 5,000 fucking horror movies in my house now. So, I got it all. Whatever. Wherever we could dream up that we want to watch, it's here. <laughs> Let's do a Larry Cohen night. We'll eat pastrami and Swiss till we pass out. Fuck yeah! It's Fuck yeah! Until I can make me a mean hot pastrami too, coin. I'm down with that. I'm in. Time. I'm in. I'm excited. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Find a fucking pick a day or a weekend or whatever. Yeah, COVID died. We'll do it. Yeah, COVID's done. We it's time for people to start like fucking hanging out in person again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. I dig. Well, you for you out there listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoyed Needful Things. If you've never seen it, definitely go check it out. On the surface, it might be a sleeper. It might seem like a little bit of a sleeper horror film or something like that, but it is pretty. It's heavy uh, with vibe and theme, and that ending is a whopper. You know, you need just for the ending alone, you got to watch the movie. You know what I mean? It'll be good times. And uh, with that being said, you know, we'll catch up. Does anybody know what movie is next off the top? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the Stand. Is oh, it? my God. Oh, man. We can probably bring According up- to my 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 uh, calendar here, the next one, hold on to your butts, boys and girls, yeah. is the miniseries The Stand. The miniseries, the end-all miniseries. More devil stuff. Uh, honestly, doing this uh, doing this miniseries is, I'm, I'm going to say, we're going to need to take some pee breaks in between. Well, we'll figure out something nice for everybody. It's going to be a mission. You know? It's not what I would consider the most exciting. <laughs> but, but we are doing this for you, the fans, and I hope you guys appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I surely fucking hope you do. I, yeah. <laughs> I never appreciated the stand, unfortunately. Respect to Mick Garris and all that, but 
Yeah, the stand was never one for me. Never one for me, but... Very cool parts with very long stretches where nothing fucking happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we'll get all into we'll get into that soon. We'll probably break it up for y'all, but you'll find out about that soon on the next episode of the Dead Kids of Dara. <laughs> Where are all the dead kids? <laughs>